we've been doing this series called Faith, It's a Doing Word, and we've really wanted to try and capture the, the internal challenge and struggle that goes on for people trying to believe something that they can't physically see. And for me, something that captures this idea really well is the chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11. Let me say at the beginning, if you uh, don't know the chapter, then I would really encourage you afterwards to go and read it through. And particularly, if you're, it refers back to a lot of stuff in Israel's history, and it's fascinating if you know the things that they're talking about in Hebrews 11. We don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews but it's clearly written to some people who knew the history of their nation really well. And it refers to all kinds of things and people and stories and situations. And it's, it's really amazing if you take the time to go back and look those up in the Old Testament as you read through Hebrews 11, because then it just enriches the picture of what it's talking about. And I don't know how many times I've read this over the years. It's... I don't know, probably hundreds, really is, at trying to understand it because the, the concept of faith in God has always been a, a really important one for me personally. I'm not going to go through the, the whole chapter, but there are a few things I simply want to pick out for us. Start with, with verse one. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So faith is clearly looking into a situation, looking into a situation that we can't see or we can't see the outcome of. Often, as with David and Goliath, for instance, we're looking into a situation which looks very daunting. Here's something very, very big and we feel small and inadequate and we don't know how we're going to get through this situation. And the start of this chapter is saying faith is about having that type of confidence, having that type of assurance. So clearly it's not assurance in the situation, it's assurance in the one who is going to bring about the outcome of the situation. A little bit later on in Hebrews, it makes this incredible statement. This is uh, Hebrews 11, this is verse six. It's impossible to please God without faith. I think it's the authorised version, going back to a, a quite an older version that says, um, without faith, it's impossible to please God and anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So there's a whole load of things included in that. Uh, we've got to focus our attention on somebody who we believe without the direct physical evidence in front of us. And we also have to believe not just that we, we know he's there, but the relationship that he has with us is one where he rewards actively those who actively seek him. And I've thought about this a lot over a lot of years. Um, we do talk about coming to faith. We talk about becoming a Christian and having faith to become a Christian and having faith firstly to encounter God in the first place, to find forgiveness of sins, to find that initial kind of relationship with God. And it, it includes that. 
but I think it means so much more. And in fact, several of the translations talk about, when they talk about the faith in this chapter, they're talking about active, ongoing faith that, that believes persistently and without giving up. And when you read through the stories that it refers to in this chapter, I think that's the context in which it sets the idea of faith. It's not just faith as some kind of commodity, it's faith in someone, it's faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in the expression of God through the activity of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just a one-way thing, it's, it's not just me trying to kind of um, gather together what I've got inside of me in terms of faith. There's something that comes back from God, the, the desire for me to trust him with everything I have draws a response from him, which means that there is something that he brings to me and, or you or, or anybody. And if you, again, read through this, you'll see that the, the things that these people desired were the things that they received in a measure. They didn't receive the whole thing, but they received some of it. Um, some examples, verse eight. Um, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home. So this is going way back into Israel's history. Um, when Abraham said, uh, I'm going to go to another land, it was his response to, to God. Uh, and God would give him as his inheritance this other land. He went without knowing where he was going. Um, Becky and Tom uh, are moving at the moment. Uh, they won't quite have moved by the time you watch this. But... Uh, they know where they're going. The removals company have said, okay, we know where you live. We know where to pick, pick the stuff up from. Um, where is it you're going to? Uh, they know where they're going. I've moved. I've always known where I was going to. Abraham was moving without knowing where he was going. He just, he just went off. Okay, um, nomadic lifestyle was more common in those days. But he had faith that he was moving into something permanent without any idea or clue about what it was and that's that's the experience that we we want to try and identify in our own lives where are the things that we are moving into in some way not may not be physically moving but there's some kind of transition from what we know and accept and understand as the kind of normal way that things are into something which is unknown and if I had longer uh, I would, I would use some examples from my, from my own existence. Even when um, Anne and I first moved to Worcester, we, we knew we were coming to Worcester, but we had no idea what we were coming to. We no job, didn't know people. Um, well, we knew two people in Worcester, Rick and Liz Thomas. We didn't know anybody else. We had no idea what was going to, to happen. We had, we had no plans. We simply went because that's what God had said to us. Uh, verse 27, let's move on. Verse 27, this is now talking about Moses. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. That's not fearing Pharaoh's anger. He kept right on going. Now listen to this. Because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And this to me seems the, the conundrum of faith. Can we see with our imagination, with our eyes of faith. Um, Paul 
elsewhere in the New Testament talks about the eyes of our heart. Now, clearly our heart doesn't have eyes, but the internal part of us, the deepest part of us, has the capacity to see something. Can we keep the focus of that on one who we cannot see? In fact, one that not only he he is invisible, but he says, look, you, you can't look directly on me in your human state and survive. It, it's just not possible. It's really interesting that this, this is said of Moses, that he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And yet he was the one who said to God, and again, you'll need to go back to the story if you're not familiar with this. He's the one who said, look, I, I want to see you. And, and God said, well, you, you can't because in the state that you are as a, as a man, um, if, you, if you look on me, then... Uh, it, you're just not going to be able to handle that. It's going to, it's going to kill you. This is because I am so good. I'm so holy. But you can, you can see me as I walk away. You can, you can see my back, and I'll, I'll tell you my name. And it's actually the first time in the Bible that we have God um, telling us what His name is, how He wants us to, to know Him. So all through that chapter, it talks about those two. It talks about Samson and. Gideon and Barak and Deborah and a whole load of other people who gave their lives to trusting God in a way that could not be defined by the circumstances around them or by the logic of their situation. I sometimes feel we're really trapped by logic and by circumstances in our particular situation, and I'm, I'm talking particularly here perhaps of the UK or the, the, the Western world, in the way that we are brought up, in the way that we are trained through our schools, sometimes to see things in the way that society expects us to, to always know what's ahead of us in the future, that we find trusting in this way more difficult, um, whether it's for... Uh, our future because it's tied up with our security and our finances, whether it's to do with our health, whether it's to do with something that we are trying to, to see with the eyes of our heart. But um, the circumstances simply say, no, that, that can't happen. There's nothing that is going to, to come about. Um, Jesus talked about this in Luke 18 and in verse 8, and again, some of you will know this, uh, others of you will not, and I'm just trying to find it. Here, I've got it. <laughs> it's written in red in my Bible, which is really helpful. Um, Jesus said this. He's, he's been talking about prayer, and he was telling a story about somebody who was very, very persistent, just kept on and on and on and on and on, asking the same thing in prayer because they had a faithful expectation that a good God would answer that question. Uh, but when the Son of Man returns, so he's talking about himself, and he's talking about his return to the earth, how many will he find on the earth who have persistent faith? And I find that an immense challenge. In fact, that has challenged me to the core for decades because I've said to Jesus, I want to be one of those people. I want you to find persistent faith in me. I want you, whenever you come to me, to find that there are things which I am trusting for that I cannot see, that I, I don't have the evidence for, 
it's a matter of the deepest trust in your goodness. And, and right now, I'm not going to go through them, but right now I could, I could reel off uh, half a dozen, a dozen major things in my, uh, my own circumstances, my own life, that I'm trusting there will be change. And we are in that situation as a church. Everything is very different. We've been through COVID. We're moving into a period where things will be different. We're going to do things differently. And in, that will provoke us in some way to say, where is our faith? What are we trusting for? Um, we're selling this, this building. Um, we don't have another one to go to yet. We don't even have another one to, to, to look to in a real sense. And, but that's another challenge. And we're looking for the, the way forward for our leadership. It's another challenge. And the question is, can you say to yourself, yeah, I've got real active faith for this. I am expectant. I'm not just hoping. I mean, we hope, but it's not just, oh, I really hope that will happen. It's hope that is confident. It's hope of something solid. It's hope of something we expect. And I invite you, as you consider this whole series that we've done and all the people that have spoken and all the things that we've talked about, and next week Richard's going to try and draw it all together for us, to ask yourself, okay, what does that mean for me? Where is my expectation? Where is my faith focused? Thanks very much. <laughs>